This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, January 5th. That means this is your 5x5 five five episode. Five writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. We will hit some key fantasy storylines and some recent NBA betting trends over the next 25-ish minutes as we welcome in contestant number one, Ryan Knaus. Ryan, I believe you have a... Uh, I believe you have a topic here. There's some kind of theme. What, what's going on here? Are we really that organized? Uh, you know, maybe not that organized. I don't want to oversell it, but I, I had a loose topic in mind. Sure. Um, players who haven't maybe been doing so well recently in particular. And I was just curious if you see any buy low opportunities here or are these just underperforming players and will continue to underperform? Just trying to get your take on them. I have my own. Maybe we'll align. Maybe we'll disagree. So let's start with De'Aaron Fox, who over the past two weeks is averaging 17.3 points on 40.9% shooting. Tyrese Halliburton has emerged as a essentially point guard for this team with double-digit dimes most nights. His pick-and-roll play has been excellent. Uh, so what do you make of the recent struggle? Personally, I attribute it to I know he had some conditioning issues when he initially returned from covid we saw him struggle for a bit after missing those four games, and he's been better recently, coming off a very nice game. Is he back? Is there still a window to, to buy low, or are you worried as a manager? Where do you come down on Fox? I generally would be in favor of trying to get Fox on my teams. You know, heading into the season, we were all so high on him for how he finished out last year. Mm-hmm. I do think you today, though, is not the day to do it after I think he had 30 points on Tuesday night. In general, though, big picture. I'm still betting on the Fox that we saw down the stretch last year. I don't know. I mean, maybe Halliburton is has improved to the point where it's going to put that much of a dent in his value, but I'd still be inclined to bet on the talent when it comes to Fox. Um, and especially since it's kind of progressively gotten so much worse maybe than people would have expected. So I think my only problem there is your like his name is so big that even when he's struggling and his percentages are dragging him down and he's outside the top 150, nobody's going to be valuing him valuing him anything worse than like top 50 so you're still gonna have to give up an absolute like elite asset basically to get him so i right like i i don't see that there's a lot of air for value in that scenario i would agree with that well unlike potentially his teammate uh rashawn holmes who is also struggling mightily uh missed seven games with an eye injury it was serious enough to require surgery and he said that he's probably never going to play without goggles again we don't need to go into the details of his eye injury. Pretty gruesome. But he has been struggling. His minutes are down since he returned. Again, might be a conditioning thing. I'm not quite sure. But, you know, he seems like someone whose name isn't all that big. And yet in fantasy, especially 8-cat, 9-cat, he can be a monster. So where do you come down on Holmes? Is this a good moment to go for him? I think so. And he's on. He, he's out due to COVID protocols right now, right, as we speak. So, yeah, I think it's a great time. And I do think there is a difference, obviously, between him and Fox. You know, with him not even being on the court right now, it's absolutely worth a try. Again, you're not going to get him for nothing, right. but you can't imagine a scenario where, you know, 
peak Rashawn Holmes production is further in the distance than it is right now. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's pro- you probably won't get a better chance to try to get him, and I'm in favor of it. I have him in a couple of leagues, and where I do have him, I'm just trying to stay patient, and it's a good reminder that look around in your other leagues and see if there's a guy who has you know, eight injured guys on his roster right now or eight guys in COVID protocols, <laughs> and uh, that's a good idea to try to trade for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Take advantage. Also, this is a great time of year on that topic to look at the bottom of your standings, see who's getting desperate. We're far enough into the season that those teams who are in 10th, 11th, 12th are going to be getting, you know, or should be getting a little desperate. So always a good idea to try to target them for trades. Let's go to your Atlanta Hawks. I see you have a jersey behind you with the name Bogdanovich on it. Really? Oh, yes. (laughs) It's like a halo, like like a halo above you. Yes, it's been pointed out that it it is it is a bit of a Bogdanovich crown or tiara or halo or whatever it you is. want to call it. Yes, a viewer did point that out the other day. It's lovely, and I'm going to have to point out that the man whose name adorns your head is shooting 28 percent from the field in his past four games, but season long yeah. he's been pretty bad. 11.7 points, 41 percent shooting, under four boards, two and a half times. His minutes are only down less than one per game this year, yet. His points are down nearly five per game, and he's dipped in every single stat I just cited, uh, except rebounds, which are flat. So what's going on here? Why is Bogdanovich struggling to this extent, and do you see a path back to top 100-ish value rest of the season? I absolutely see a path back to that. I mean, why is he struggling? It's just a combo of things. You know, the Hawks were healthier earlier in the season. That's That's a long distant memory now but you know mm-hmm. he's he had an ankle injury now he's out due to covid protocols i don't know i mean his last game before going into the protocols he had 20 points four rebounds three assists four threes in 41 minutes so i mean will we see the same bogdanovich we saw last year when he was just absolutely crushing it maybe not but if we're asking about top 100 the playing time and the skill set it's all still there so all we really need is healthy bogdanovich uh, to get there easily. I mean, you said it's far enough into the season, but there's still so much season left on the other hand, Ryan. Oh, yeah. yeah th- there is indeed. And I-, I like your optimism because he's a guy, he's only currently rostered even in 73% of leagues in Yahoo. So clearly faith is waning. Matt, you've right. restored some of mine. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Ryan, we ran out of time. I think there was another player to talk about that we'll have to wait for another day. We'll do it next week if he's still struggling. Stay tuned. Brandon Ingram, we will talk about you next week. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Matt. Okay, Raphael Johnson is now here. Raph, what is on your agenda for this uh, afternoon? First and foremost, thanks for having me again. Yes, of course. First person on my agenda is the reigning Western Conference Rookie of the Month, Josh Giddy. Now, he's been a 14th-round player for the season, but the last two weeks, he's really picked up here. Eighth-round value, part of that, can be attributed to the fact that Shea Gilgis Alexander's been out, but he's going to be coming back pretty soon. Um, during the stretch, 12.0 points, 8.53 rebounds, 7.3 assists, 1.8 steals, 0.5 blocks, 1.33 pointers per game. Um, I think the only issue would be the percentages 36.5% from the field and 714 from the foul line, which aren't great. But the thing is, everything that Giddy brings to the table, I'm of the opinion that. The percentages you'll take, you know, he's giving you over eight rebounds per game for basically a point guard. And that's really good value there. You know, the assists, the steals, the blocks, you'll take all of that. And I think he's on the verge of really exploding after a very good December. 
and another thing to remember about this this guy, he's you know he's 19 years old, but he's not 19, almost 20. He has just turned 19 in October, which is just wild to think about. And Raph, I think the interesting thing is the counting stats have actually gotten better lately. The last month or so, I looked at his last 11 games, and he's around 12 points, seven and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists. The percentages are holding steady. And by that, I mean <laughs> shaky. You know, he's he's consistently around 39% from the field and 60-something from the line. But it's a really low-volume uh, free-throw percentage and relatively low-volume field goal percentage. So I'm, on, I'm right on the fence between absolutely thinking Giddy is a guy I must roster at this point and must play mm-hmm. every single game versus how much are those percentages, you know, subtly hurting my, my fantasy squads. So... I kind of go back and forth, but overall, I'm I'm through the roof excited about his potential. Yeah, and the other thing you mentioned, Shea Gilgis Alexander, his usages remain steady. It's 21.2 when SGA is playing, 21.9 when he isn't on the floor with SGA. So, you know, fantasy manager may be thinking about that possibly being an issue once SGA returns. I don't think it will be just because of what we've seen to this point in the season. Yeah. So. I mean, overall, do, do you feel like, I mean, I don't really see a path to drastically improve percentages this season. Do you? No, because I think part of that would involve volume going up in terms of the shot attempts. And obviously, yeah. SGA is going to be first in line there. You also got Darius Baisley once he's back in the lineup, you know, Lugans Dort. So it's going to be difficult for, for Giddy to get too many more shot opportunities. But I think the other counting stats are, are going to be good enough to where you're still going to get good value out of him in most leagues. Yeah, I mean, you could almost argue we don't actually want his shot attempts to go up at this point is another is another way to look at it. Yeah, you might have a greater margin for error, though. You know, if you get at least in terms yeah. of the foul line, if he were to get a few more attempts per right. game. So. Right. A couple more minutes to go, Raph. Where do you want to take it next? We're headed to Portland. Same division. Um, Anthony Simons is the point of this segment here. Seventh round value of the last two weeks. Obviously, he went off following the uh, the passing of his grandfather the other night. 43 points, three rebounds, seven assists, and nine three-pointers against your Atlanta Hawks. Yes. No coincidence there. I'll have a comment in a second. <laughs> He's averaging career highs across the board. 12.9 points, 2.6 rebounds, 2.3 assists, 0.4 steals, and 2.2 three-pointers per game. Um, there's only so so much, so high that his ceiling can go when you've got Lillard and McCollum on that roster as well. They've both been out. Portland's only a half game out of the 10th spot in the West. And obviously, with the play-in tournament, there's still a chance to get in there, but I'm I'm wondering is Anthony Simons a hold even once those guys return? But it should be noted that we don't know when those guys will be back. I think given the the tenuous nature of Lillard this season, and we're going. To, I think Jared Johnson wants to talk a little Lillard coming up. I think Anthony Simons is a guy who, especially if you have Lillard on your roster, I think you just have to accept at this point that Lillard is a two roster spot player, and that second player is Anthony Simons. Um, that's how I would approach it in leagues where I have Lillard. And especially if it's, you know, a deep enough league. The other thing I'll say is any good perimeter performance you see against the Atlanta Hawks, take with a grain of salt. Not to, the, the Hawks play defense like the three-pointer is not a real thing. I'm not kidding. It's it's unreal watching the Hawks <laughs> not contest threes consistently. They, they don't do it. They don't run shooters off the line. Anthony Simons was just 
catch, shoot, dribble into threes, wide open. It's like a, it's like a shooting yeah. drill, honestly. It, go watch a Hawks game. It's really something. Start stream perimeter players against the Hawks. Random perimeter guys go off against the Hawks all the time. It's really a lot of fun as a Hawks fan. I love it. Yeah, good times. Raph, our time is up. I didn't mean to end on a real negative note about my NBA team there, but it got me worked up. That's all right. No problem. Okay. Do we answer? Do we answer your question? Do we answer the Anthony Simons? Yes. Did we? Yes, okay. yes we did. Okay. Have a good day. I will right. talk Take to you it. soon. Yes. Later. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, we have three more guests to go. First, we're going to take a very quick break. Subscribe to NBC Sports Edge Plus and get every tool for every game, fantasy, DFS, and betting. Premium tools are all included in one subscription at one low price. You can subscribe monthly or save 20% on an annual subscription. We have made it easier than ever with more tools than ever to play and wager with confidence with NBC Sports Edge Plus. Also, download the NBC Sports Predictor app, powered by PointsBet, and enter this week's free NBA pick and roll contest for a chance to win $50,000 today, Wednesday. We're highlighting matchups between the 76ers and Magic, Spurs and Celtics, and Nets and Pacers. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now as we welcome in Corey Parson from NBC Sports Edge Betting. Corey, first things first, thanks for coming back on the show. Good to see you. Well, thanks and good to see you too. Um, I heard you and Ralph talking about the Atlanta Hawks. Well, I have some bad news for you because they're going to be a part of this segment as well. Yeah, I know, I know, and and I have some thoughts on that too. I, but yeah, so basically, the the, the point of this segment is that after a totally normal month of December in the NBA, you apparently have some takeaways uh, after all the madness we've seen. Some December NBA betting trends. So where do you want to start this, Corey? Well, let's start with the teams that are actually doing well for the, for for their backers right now. Are the, yeah. the start with the Memphis Grizzlies, who are really absolutely on fire, winners of six games in a row actually been a very profitable team during that time frame 12 and 6 on the money line that's 66 percent 14 and 4 straight up um ja comes back they stumble a little bit mm-hmm. then they get hot but really what you're seeing is the maturation of a young basketball team jaron jackson doing his thing i don't understand why desmond bain is, is far down in the most improved player 
conversation Man. as he is. If he goes to the All-Star weekend and wins a three-point contest, you know, he could be a steal for most uh, improved player. And obviously, Ja, you know, Matt, if Ja can get his three-point shot together, he can be – I mean, his – um not his three-point shot, his free throws together, he can be a 50-40-90 guy. I mean, that's how well he's playing this season, and he may be in the MVP conversation at some point as well. Yeah, and and Bain, it's been great just in terms of, I know we're here to talk betting, but just in terms of fantasy, seeing him continue to produce with Ja back, because I was certainly worried about him You know, maybe tailing off a little bit. We haven't really seen that much at all. No, uh-uh. Another team that's been interesting is really starting to hit their stride is the Toronto Raptors. Uh, since the months of the December started, Toronto ten and two against the spread. That's eighty three percent, very profitable. Eight and four on the money line, and also was telling they're nine and three to the over, and that really goes to show you that their offense is starting to click and come together. Mm-hmm. And Fleet playing very well. They're starting to get past some of the COVID issues they had. So the Toronto Raptors are a very profitable team uh, against the spread, and I, I like them to keep rolling. Now they do hit a tough stretch. They go on a couple okay. of brutal long road trips coming into the all-star break. So probably maybe another week before, you know, while you can still rely on the Raptors. I like them uh, against the, they have a game against the Bucks coming up. I like them in that one, but that's some of the teams that are doing very well right now. And those are teams that can help you prosper into the new year, Matt. Okay. Now tell me the bad news and I'm, I'm bracing myself for this part of it. You probably had a horrific Christmas if you were relying on the Atlanta Hawks to uh, put a couple of in your pocket. Uh, in just about dead last ATS uh, since the month of December started. The Hawks are 5 and 10 ATS. It's only 33%. $100 better will be down $545 and 5 and 10 on the money line. Uh, obviously, the injuries have played a big role. Atlanta was terrible this time last year, too. But they right. got better in the beginning of February. Well, was that March? Yeah, it was February when the coach got fired. And um, they got better you know, in March. And then McMillan came in. They got better. They went on that long run. I don't know if we're going to see that this year. It just seems like the injuries keep piling up. I don't know about you, but to me, Hunter is the second best player on the team. But he's never available. And I think that's a problem. You know, Trey is playing great, but um, it's, a, it's a lot of issues right now with the Hawks. You cannot bet on them. And they also have a brutal stretch coming up. So I don't, I don't see it getting much better. Yeah. The Hawks know, like if you when you're reading about the team, they know what's wrong. They can't, they can't seem to fix it. They know they need to play better defense. And it seems like the effort is just not there in game. You mentioned the, the perimeter teams, random guys going off. That's actually a good betting angle. So when you're a team is going against the Hawks, you can bet the over on their, you know, opponents, three point shooting. Yeah, that's a good look right there. I didn't think about that, but that was a very insightful nugget. Oh, man, it's crazy. And and uh, the Hawks, you'll hear the Hawks broadcaster speaking in disbelief like, oh, man, you know, Portland is seven for 13 on threes. Already. It's like, no, this is not a coincidence. The Hawks do not guard threes. They just don't do it. So, yeah. One more team, a team that's been struggling ATS wise is the Utah Jazz. And that's mainly because they're trying to cover double digit spreads every night. And double okay. digits haven't really hit uh, so far this season. Jazz six and ten against the spread, but still thirteen and three on the money line. I think people are waiting for that big, long, extended run like they went on last year, and I think that could be coming. Interesting. So, so you do you're kind of are you kind of staying away from the Jazz right now? But and how are you approaching it? They're overvalued right now. They're consistently getting actually like 10, 11, 12 points because they were so successful doing that last season. Once that number drops down to that 7-8 range, I think you'll see the Jazz going to ATS run. They're still one of the, the better teams in the in the league and in the Western Conference. 
Corey, I think you had, we got just a few seconds left here, but you had a note, I believe, about overs that you wanted to drop on us here. Yeah, the overs are starting to cash now. The season started with the unders coming in heavy. Obviously, the sports books adjusted. Now we're seeing overs hit 57% of the times. So I look at the adjustments by the points, by the, by, by the, um, by the odds makers, and also people are starting, the players are getting familiar with being in arenas with fans back in them. So that really, I think, may have threw the players off at the beginning of the year, but now they're more used to it and we're starting to see it regress to the norm. So overs are cashing right now, but that will even out throughout the course of the season. All right, Corey, thanks for taking the time. You can follow him on Twitter at the Fantasy Exec. Appreciate it. We'll see you back here soon. Hey, good stuff. I'm always glad, always glad to be on. All right, appreciate it. We now bring in Steve Alexander. Steve? We didn't know if you were going to make it. Game time decision pretty much as always. Here you are. You're looking bright-eyed. You're looking alert. You're looking focused. You're dialed in. Some might say bushy-tailed, Matt. I would not, but yes. Love me some Corey. You know, I think we're back. We're getting into the Nate McMillan, figuring out why he was fired by the Pacers. I don't know what it is, man, but, you know, Trey Young had that career 56-point night the other night. Didn't take his first shot in the fourth quarter of a close game until there were four minutes left in the game. And, of course, once once he did that, the floodgates opened, he started scoring again. I, I don't know how you sit, Trey, the first five or six minutes of, of the fourth quarter in a, in a close game like that. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. By the way, Nate was not coaching that one. Oh, you're right. You're right. But it is, with that said, it's consistently a Nate McMillan thing where you're wondering why Trey is sitting for so long every fourth quarter in a close game, and you're literally watching the game slip away while your best player, who is... Why are we not guarding three-point shots? Like, there's so many mysteries surrounding Nate and Nate McMillan. They lost a game where Trey Young went for 56 and 14 on extremely efficient shooting. It wasn't like, you know... I mean, he had one of the greatest offensive games you can you can imagine. And and they and lost. So that did a guy named Anthony Simons. So, okay, yes, let's, let's, we talked about the Hawks enough. We these people. I mean, yeah, I'm done. I'm getting these mad. people are already irritated by the Bogdanovich halo that I think I I may not have gotten credit for. But anyway, Malik Monk, Matt. Yes, you're like, can I trust Malik Monk? I don't feel good about Malik Monk. I was like, dude. By Malik Monk because LeBron loves him and totally trusts him. And you can see it when you watch the Lakers play now. He he's he is transforming into a breakout player right before our eyes, I think. I was just looking at his last six games, right? That's four 20-point games or better in his last six. I would have to go back. I didn't do this research before today. This has to be among the handful of best stretches we've seen from Malik Monk. In uh, six games and counting, is on the upper side of a re- of a Malik Monk hot streak. I feel like we haven't seen that many stretches like this from him. I would have said it was a Monk, um, one of the greatest ah. uh, hot stretches of his career. Okay, I've got an, I've got something else. The Memphis Grizzlies are in the middle of a five game week, right? How is yes. Brandon Clark only rostered in twenty six percent of Yahoo leagues. Like that tells me that only twenty six percent of Yahoo leagues actually care. You know, managers actually care about what's going on. I think you, that's a really good point, and I actually picked up Brandon Clark in at least one league for that reason. And I was kind of upset that we didn't talk about it on this podcast on Friday or Monday. I don't think 
when we were looking at this Grizzlies five-game week. And that's three pretty good games in a row for Clark, including 13 points, nine rebounds, a steal, and three blocks on Tuesday. So I'm totally with you there. I think we probably didn't talk about him because when I glanced through the Memphis roster, like, you know, who's a guy, who's a floater we can pick up for a five-game week, I just assumed Brandon Clark was already rostered everywhere. So the fact that he's only 26% right now is crazy because, like you said, his last three games yeah. have been really good. So, Matt, I'm thinking about dropping Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Any thoughts on that? He bottomed out at 15 minutes last night and did nothing. I think it's okay. I don't want to do You it. have my blessing to do that. Oh, I, I've done that in a league or two. I do think he still has some silly season potential. I do too. When shutdowns hit New Orleans, but right now, if you need the roster space, I think it's okay. Well, and remember his last 13 games last year were just out of this world. That's why everybody was so high on him this year. We wasted roster spots. Yeah, Matt, I've got a surprise for you. Ready? What's that? Is your boy Kangu a better hold than Andre Drummond already? And that's from Hollow Man, who's watching us right now. Are you there, Matt? What's that? I'm here. I was thinking. I was thinking. I wasn't I wasn't buffering. Okay. I was okay. thinking. I love a Kongwu, but I think I'd still It depends on you know, do you have Embiid? If I have Embiid, then I still want to have Drummond, you know? I think it's a fair question. It's a fair question. I think you could add, you know, the kid in Sacramento to that list. You could add the kid Jalen Smith in Phoenix to that list. You know, I don't know. I don't know the answer, Matt, but do I still have time left? This is crazy. No, the alarm just went off, but it only went for half a second. Okay. You and you and Jared are going to talk Dame, right? I think so. And Jared just was booing us in the chat, so I need to know what that's about. So I'm going to bring in Jared. He seemed upset about something we said about Brandon Clark or didn't say. So we're about to find out. If you guys start talking about Dame, I may throw a viewer question up on your, your screen. <laughs> oh, I like it. So we'll it's it basically adding a producer uh, to your job title. Yes. My five minutes are up, man. I got to go. Okay. All right. See ya. Goodbye, Steve. Thank you. Good day. Jared, a lot a lot going on there. A lot going on. Hello. So you want to... Hi. <laughs> do you want to... You're not a Brandon... You're not in on this Brandon Clark thing. Nope. He's bad. Uh, this season has been weird. I don't know if you've noticed this, but um, I love fantasy trades. It's like one of my favorite parts of fantasy leagues. Yes. Agreed. And um, through... All of my leagues this year, I've seen two. I've been a part of both of them. And uh, I just feel like it's because no one really knows what they have yet. Like in the first yeah. in the first podcast of the year, I asked you, like, when do you think the season really starts? And, and you said right away. I was kind of like, ah, eh, three weeks. We're halfway through. And like, I'm looking at my teams and I honestly don't know what I have. Like not a single one of my teams is not missing a key player. And I think mm -hmm. that's pretty much true for everyone. So just like, you just kind of wanted to bring up that note. I noticed that too. I also think for some people, fantasy basketball season doesn't hit high gear until after the NFL regular season's over. I do mm -hmm. think there is some reality to that for people who play fantasy football, they have their, their fantasy basketball team is there, but but then it's like, all right, now I'm, now let me really get dialed in and see what's going on here. So I do think maybe now things pick up a little bit there, but I and I also think all of the COVID uh, protocols, guys going on and off the COVID protocol, you know, in and out of COVID protocols, rosters just being total chaos has 
couldn't have helped fantasy trades, I wouldn't think, either. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like I, I, yeah. I've had, <laughs> like I'm heavily invested in Jalen and OG, which I feel is a great combo, and I'm finally starting to see it. But on like, right, it's been two weeks that I've <laughs> that I've actually had those two together. Anyways, uh, speaking of messes, uh, I know that you and Raphael talked about Anthony Simons, Simons, yes. and um. I just want to kind of talk about why he's so relevant. And it's because Damian Lillard is set to miss his second game in a row tonight, which tells us that um, it was more than a rest day when he when he missed that first game. And uh, sorry, Steve completely threw me off track. I do a chat on no, Friday. Okay. So if you guys, you know, I'm, I will answer all of your fantasy questions on Friday. But um it was, it was, I'll just say it was a, a user infinity 3309 saying Dame possible shutdown. So carry on, carry on. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting into. <laughs> um, so he missed both these games on non back-to-back sets. That is highly, highly worrying. And um, I don't know if you saw this the other day, but Chauncey Billups was asked directly um, if Dame could be a shutdown candidate. And... Chauncey Billups' response was, I think that's probably going to be the route that we go if he doesn't get some kind of relief here. Yes. That is Yikes. not great. No. And he's already tried to get relief. He's he's missed games. Right. He's had that, that um, cortisone injection, which is just a pain-relieving thing that clearly didn't work. It's still bothering him. Well, he started to go off after that. I mean, it, it, it worked as right. like a short-term Band-Aid, but yeah. Yeah, Band-Aid is right. This is an issue that has been bothering Dame for years. And I don't want to bring this comparison here, but um, Uh Kemba Walker was bothered by that knee injury for years, and he was Mr. Iron Man, and uh, not so much anymore. So I I don't want to say that about Dame, but it does seem like this is a season that might be a bad one <laughs> for Dame, especially if he can't shake this abdominal injury, which I think rest is the only cure for, or surgery. 14 and 22, the Blazers are. So if you have Lillard in fantasy, I mean, what are you going to do? Because trading him now doesn't, you know, I think anyone else is just as panicked as you are most likely, right? You're not going to find someone who's that much more optimistic than you are. I think you have to hope that he gets back and you know has has one or two more glory runs left and then you just try to trade him for the best thing you can get during what's hopefully one or two more hot streaks i don't know what do you do i think it's bad <laughs> I, th- I feel like it's we're at the point where you should have made a move earlier if this rest turns into three games man like his value is only getting worse at this point so i guess the answer right. is hold on hope he comes back and then maybe try to flip him but starting to look like possibly the first wash season for Damian Lillard unfortunately man brutal well Jared that's our five minutes we're going to bring in core muscle expert Raphael Johnson for the last (laughs) word here today Raph I just put in the chat like it's very hard to do anything if your core isn't right so and you know as Jared noted Rest could be the, the best way to go about approaching this because you know, cortisone shots really aren't going to do much long term. So, so you need surgery. I, I, 
I kind of worry about Portland because, you know, as I noted earlier, they only a half came out of that right. spot. And you kind of wonder if that whole play-in tournament is giving a team like them false hope. You're only at most, you're probably, you look at that team, they're probably going to extend their season by what, five or six right. games? You know, if they happen to get through and go the first round. So I can't see them putting up much of a fight against like Golden State or Phoenix or even Utah. Yeah. So, you know, you stay in this kind of basketball purgatory, it might be a, a chance where you just say, you know what, let's get Dame and CJ healthy, try to get this thing going again for next year. And Dame has talked openly about not wanting to be a first round and out team. Um, he's sick of that. And they don't have a team that really looks like they're better than that. So yeah. that could also influence the decision to just go under the knife and get right. Well, also quickly bringing this back to Anthony Simons. I mean, it's a good news, bad news situation if you have Simons and Lillard because Simons per 36 minutes, yeah, he's averaging 18.8 points and 3.33 pointers, but also just 3.4 assists and 0.5 steals. So he's really mostly a two-category guy playing point guard, even in a best-case scenario. Yeah. So not good times all around. I mean, I, I just I truly don't know what you do if you have Lillard. But what we talked about earlier, I think, is your best hope. Right. Hope for... One or two more stretches where he eats back up. I'm glad we ended on such a downer. <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> that, that is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We are here every weekday throughout the regular season. Raf and Steve are here on Thursday and on Friday. It's a waiver wire episode. I want to say thanks to everyone for listening and for watching live with us. And thanks to our writers, Ryan, Corey, Raf, Jared, Steve. Appreciate it, guys. Talk to you soon. Adios. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.